Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 251 of the Maritime Paintball Podcast. So, I'm going to be quick with this intro because I have a very exciting show ahead. Um, first and foremost, folks, if you're watching, please do me a huge favor. Share this all over the place. Um, and let's get as many people in on this because I've got some really big news. One, uh, first and foremost the, of the really big news is we've got uh, John. I hope I'm not butchering the last name. Amodia. Amodia. Okay, John Amodia. Um who is the owner of Paintball Media, is on, and I'm kind of giddy because we're going to talk about uh, the, uh, the the complete history of Paintball, the documentary, and, and how he interviewed basically every legend in the sport. And then also, later on in the show, we're going to do the first official unboxing of the new DEFCON Paintball Gear uh, supply drop, and I am super stoked to do that. So this came in a couple days ago, and I've been staring at it, and I want to open it. So, without further stalling or without further ado, allow me to introduce John from Paintball Media. What's happening, man? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for uh, having me, dude. Thank you for coming, and thank you for dealing with the scheduling and like the whole like it's been like no four weeks. We've been trying to like <laughs> yes. get this figured out, right? Uh, yes. So <laughs> things happened. It's all come together now, though. Everything's good. So. I'm excited. I'm excited. So like, like we said, let's get a little bit of background, uh, history. Sure. So you are the owner of paintball media. One of the, yes. uh, one of the last standing, well, the last standing print paintball print media, uh, companies, but also really just one of the last freestanding, uh, media companies that isn't a brand like, I mean, like HK Army, produces videos and, and, and Badlands produces videos, but like you're just a de dedicated media company. That is correct. Yes. And I, um, believe it or not, I published my first magazine in uh, 1992 and I've not missed a month since 1992. So it's been quite a ride. That's wild, man. That's what, like I was learning. Well, no, I guess I would have walked in by then, but still like, <laughs> that's, that's wild. Okay. So yeah. it's, it's easy to say and easy to see that you obviously have, um, you know, a history, a massive history, and, and and you know everybody and anything there is to do with the sport. So let's talk about the the project you undertook uh, of the complete history of paintball. Um, let's talk about that. Now, earlier you mentioned that it was a it was supposed to be a book. Yes, and so, yeah, let's let's hear about that. So actually, it dates back to two thousand and five. Um, two thousand five, I did an entire. 160 page magazine on the history of paintball. And that's what really accelerated the idea for me of like, I really love the history of the game and I want to do more with it. So, um, so yeah, so I thought the next step uh, was to do a book. And so I started gathering data and statistics and photographs and all kinds of stuff. And um, I knew it was going to be a while before I could really dedicate a year or two to do it. And by the time that time came around, you know, uh, you know, print is not what it used to be in books and not what they used to be. So um, we we decided to do a documentary film, and that's where we're at. And yeah, so okay, so it was supposed to be a book. Are we talking like it was going to be uh, like like coffee table style book, like a big, yeah. like a big, like thick, massive, cool, bright pictures kind of book? Is that what we're talking about? 
Um, not necessarily the bright picture part, but yeah, I mean, there'd be some, <laughs> of course. Um, but you know, it's hard to find really great photos from 1981 and two and three and four. Well, so, yeah, you know, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would have been a mix of, you know, really great photos and, and a really in-depth telling of the history. And so truth be told, that is still going to happen. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. So we're, I'm about a third of the way through it. Um, so we're probably looking at the fall or winter before that's done. So we're still going to do that. Um, you know, with a book, you can just go into so much greater detail than you can with a film, right? Well, that, yeah, exactly. You can, you can, yeah, you can get into a lot more detail when it comes to the book. Cause the, the, I mean, that documentary was three hours long <laughs> and you still didn't get it all. Right. You know, you've got, you've got the majority of, uh, competitive paintball. Like you definitely got the big leaps and bounds, you know, going from stuff, the order from a, you know, a rancher magazine <laughs> to, uh, you know, some actual proper paintball uh, companies and the, the auto cocker and the auto mag. And, and that was cool. Um, but yeah, three hours, like, and you still, you need another one. You need a sequel. You need like the complete history of the other complete history of paintball or something like, <laughs> so um, we are doing a director's cut and it's, um, it's six hours long that, that that's going to drop on September 1st. That's some Lord of the Rings level stuff right there, man. Yeah. <laughs> that is, like, <laughs> so that's going to be three, um, three DVDs, three DVDs. That'll be two hours each. So we're pretty excited about that. Oh, that's, that's being done as we speak. Um, so Brendan McKenzie's in from Saskatoon. What's happening, my man? Uh, Ponage PB, Ponage, good guy, great guy. Asked lots of questions. Uh, is it is it going to be a Netflix series? Have you talked to Netflix? Because it looks like yeah. they'll put anything on Netflix nowadays. So <laughs> yeah, so we've talked to um, um, all of the different sort of you know independents like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon. Um, so the way this works is. Um, you hire somebody to represent you called a, like, not a mediator, it's called a, uh, I forget the term right now. But anyway, so they, they take your film to the different places um, and sort of get a dialogue started. So where we're at right now is we need to bring this down to about hour and 45 minutes to two hours. Um, and then we will be, you know, in the wheelhouse of what Netflix is looking for. Right now, it's just took too long of a film for that. Um, so that is definitely in the works and that's definitely coming. Okay, that's cool. Like that, just I, I I feel like he might have. I'm not sure if he was asking that as a joke, but um, that's really neat to hear that it's actually coming to Netflix. That's 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 super neat. Strange. And just to be fair, to... just just to be safe, it, it may not be Netflix. It might be Hulu. It might be Amazon. Whoever it is, um, you know, we're we're it, our aggregator. That's what the person's called. Aggregator. Yeah, um, it's is some, speaking all these different. different some things. big streaming giant is yeah. going to take it and put it up, um, which is phenomenal uh strange that they need you to bring it down like why couldn't they just like cut it up why couldn't you do like episode part one part two part three kind of thing and that was part of the other then they were not long enough so we're kind of right in the middle right so they want like 10 hours where they want to um so yeah awesome um sorry i just received a message from somebody in texas oh and i it doesn't quite make sense to me so i'll have to check on that later um Awesome. Cool. Sorry, you've put me on my back foot now knowing that it's going to like a large <laughs> streaming because then it's just like, oh my God, that wor that opens up a whole world of like, because if you look at paintball on basically everything, it's it's mm -hmm. garbage. Um, 
I think on Netflix they actually had a movie just called Paintball, and it was just some like C-rated horror yeah. flick or some nonsense yeah. like that. So really nice to see this coming out. Um, I'm pumped, man. I'm excited. So let's. I want to talk about about the the documentary itself. And basically, you got to sit in a room or several rooms with the legends, not just like the popular people in paintball. You got to sit in a room with the guys that made paintball. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would probably would have been a blubbering mess. I probably would have just like <laughs> tripped over my own tongue several times. Um, was this, was it surreal for you? Like what was, or is it just like another day at the office for you? I probably somewhere in the middle of that. Right. Uh, it's okay. never going to be a day. At, never going to be a day at the office. You know, when you're sitting down with, you know, the guy who played the first game of paintball ever. Right. Um, but most of the people, truth be told, most of the people that I interviewed, I, I, I knew from previous things in media. Um, but a lot of those early guys, you know, the first 12 players, that first game in 1981, I, you know, I only knew one or two of those. So it was really cool to get to know those guys better. And, you know, so, um, so yeah, I, I, no doubt about it. It was, it was a big deal for me to do this. It wasn't just like, you know, another day, another, another dollar kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's really neat, man. So I just thinking about like sitting down with, with somebody who was just like, yeah, I was there. Um, <laughs> when, when you were sitting down with them, like how did you, did you, the questions you asked them and the way you interviewed them, like, was it already pre-planned or does that documentary, is there like some flow to that? Is there just some, like, you just. That's a really good question. Um, so, you know, with each person that I interviewed, I, I knew what their, their deal was, what they contributed to the game. So, but I didn't like write questions down for anybody. So I just kind of sat with them and said, let's talk, right? Um, so, and that's that's sort of how it came about. And I, most of the interviews were about an hour long, right? And we only used maybe, you know, six minutes from the longest one probably. Um, so it allows you to build a story if you just cover every topic that, you know, particular person was involved in. Um, so yeah, that's how it kind of came about. But yeah, no, nothing was written down, no questions, no no handbook, no cheat sheets. Awesome. So you just sort of sat down and was like, I hope this goes well. <laughs> Pretty like, much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and yeah. you know, it's going to go well. Who, uh, Brendan McKenzie wants to know, who is your favorite person to interview? Wow. There's so many great ones. Um, there's so many really interesting ones, probably, uh, Charles Gaines, who is really the founder of the game. Um, he's a fascinating guy. He, uh, he's written 13 or 14 books with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, he coined the term bodybuilding. Um, this is one of the most unique, interesting guys on the planet. So that was a really cool one. He, uh, wait, is he the one that worked on the movie with him? Yeah, uh, Pumping Iron was. Yeah, he worked on Pumping Iron. He wrote Pumping Iron and he he narrated it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that yeah, was really. Yeah, because really I remember that. watching the documentary and I was like, because I've seen Pumping Iron, I was just like, wait a minute. I'm like, I, I know this. Yeah this guy from somewhere else, but I couldn't put it. And then when they mentioned in the documentary and they're like, we tried to get Arnold to come, that would have been amazing. Right. Um, right. Cause then yeah, it would have been like, that would have been pre commando days too. So <laughs> I was actually at, I was at his house in Nova Scotia a couple of years ago before the documentary started, but I was there for another purpose. Uh, we we're writing a book together, but um, that night, uh, that afternoon he said to me, I'm having a friend come over to join us for dinner. Is that okay? I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. And it was actually the guy that the movie and book Forrest Gump was written after. So like I had dinner with Forrest Gump. Well, that was kind of pretty cool, you know? So yeah. 
That's wild. So Carl's an interesting guy. It sounds like this guy. He sounds. Um, it sounds very cliche, but it sounds like he he might actually be like the legitimately like the most interesting man in the world. You know, yeah. like, and yeah. doesn't just drink Mexican beer. <laughs> so yeah, he's up there. That's wild. So when you were interviewing these folks, man, did you get any? Did you learn of any like crazy wild paintball stories? Like something maybe like totally that you had no idea. Um, and I understand. Yeah, there not... were there were some good ones. Um, those familiar with the Jeremy Psalm sniper incident. Oh um, God, the, the sniper Cup. incident. I, yeah. <laughs> I was watching I mean, the documentary and the sniper incident came up and I was just like, wait a minute. Oh, I, I know about that. <laughs> I was, so I was actually on the field when that happened. Dude. I was taking pictures when that happened for paintball two extremes magazine. That's ridiculous. Um, so, so, you know, so I, I got the whole backstory of that, how, how it wasn't just Jeremy involved or other people. So that's a mini documentary down the road for us. <laughs> um, that's, yeah. man, that was like the first piece because I was still new to the sport when that happened. Yeah. But that was like, for me, when that happened, when I read about that, that was like the biggest scandal I thought uh, that would ever occur in paintball. Obviously I was right. uh, a little wrong, but, um, that's wild, dude. So you learned some some crazy details about that on the and the and background. yeah, many other. That's neat, man. That's neat. Yeah. Um, who was the hardest person to get an interview with? That's a question come from Christopher Struck. Um, yeah, good question. Most of them, um, I think you know, I I interviewed 140 people. <laughs> I tried to interview 142, so I got turned down twice. Um, and those two were really based on scheduling. It just, we couldn't pull it together schedule wise. Um, gotcha. so nobody was really hard. I think it took a little while, but, um, a month or two of really kind of promoing this, um, and people kind of got the idea this was going to be something cool. So they wanted to be involved in it. Um, so most of the tough stuff just came from scheduling, you know, like I'm oh, okay. flying out to California. I'm there for 10 days. I got to fit everybody in here you know, kind of thing. 10 days to interview that many people, like just to try and. Because majority of the yeah, because I think majority of the people you talked to were from either from California or at least from the West Coast. I think only about a third. Um, really? Yeah, I mean they're from all over. It's you know we had twelve people from Europe. You know it's it's. Oh yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, yeah, so I'd say like the one one of the guys that I wish our schedules could have worked out was Bob Long. I didn't get to chat with Bob, and that would have been a really good one. That would have been a ton of fun, man. Talking to like the Bob Long, the the yeah. guy that everyone is still fanboying over the markers. Yes. Uh, that being said, the markers are actually really nice and really well made. So they're kind of worth the fanboying. Just, you know, the fact that yes. anytime you hear like, what's a good marker and guaranteed Bob Long gets dropped. Yeah. They don't even know which he's model. They, yeah. They just say Bob Long and it's the greatest marker in the world. And he's um, a great guy. I bet I've never met anyone. Like I think like the most influential person in paintball I've ever met was Greg Hastings. Beyond that, they're all still like, like legends on a hill. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> <for me. laughs> in the you got to come south to the United States. <laughs> uh, I've been to North Carolina. I've been to California. Okay, cool. Good. So um, both times I got completely destroyed by the heat. Great times. <laughs> uh, yes. Being a Canadian in California is tough. So. Man, okay. So the documentary, how did how many people worked on that documentary? Because that was a, looked like a lot of work. Four, believe it or not, just four people. Four people. Uh, we worked day and night for 
16 months putting it all together. Um, I mean, I say day and night, I mean like till two in the morning, get up at six, start again, six, seven days a week. It was really intense. Sounds um, it. Just the editing of it, you know, took hundreds and hundreds of hours. It was very intense. Oh, geez, man. You said you interviewed 140 people and I doubt that those 140 people were five minute conversations, right? Like to get, right. to get those interview questions down, you've got a, what, half hour, 45 minutes per person? Yeah. Like, Five minutes to an hour, pretty much each one. Yeah, that's nuts. You got 140 hours, give or take, of, of interviews. Yeah. You had to scale all of that down to three hours, and then you had to scale it even further because you got your narration and your history going on in there, and you got the videos and whatnot. So, so that's wild, man. Uh, so when you were doing the documentary, what was like? Was there a particular era of paintball that you were really pumped to talk about? Yes. Um, so most of my playing was in the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. um so but the the most like the coolest thing for me was the really early 80s stuff because i came into the game in 85 um you know at that point the game you know it, the first game was played in 81 but the industry didn't start till 82 yeah so there's like three years in there where i'm like i wish you know <laughs> wish i was there for that so interviewing those guys was really cool for me like just to kind of get the stories of how the game came to be and what they did with it and how they started the industry and all the deals they made with all these companies and is just really, really, that's my favorite part of the film. I, and I, that, sorry, I just keep jittering on the, um, <laughs> watching the worry. documentary. That was actually the part I was really excited about was learning about what happened in the eighties. Cause it felt like to me, um, like nowadays new paintball gear comes out, like a new marker gets released and it's just like, we've increased or we've decreased the pressure by one PSI and we've shaved off a 10th of a gram in weight. Like they, Right. It's, it's gotten to the point now it's ultra refined, but I'm, it, I had the feeling back in the eighties was like, every time you turned around, something new was invented, you know, yes. like it was, it was, it, whether it was a good idea or not, it got invented, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. You know, I mean, from just, 1984 to 1989, there were probably 175 to 200 unique different guns that were introduced to the game. You know, that's, right. that's never happened again. That period was just crazy. I mean, really through the mid nineties, that growth spurt was amazing. Yeah. And half the stuff coming out looked like it came out of a Mad Max film. Like yeah. there, you know, like looking when he, yes. the, 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 Oh my God, I forget his name. Now he had the, has like a museum. Oh. You're talking about blue. Uh, Mike Hansi. Yeah. And he has like all the historic, he has all, like, all yeah. the artifacts. Yeah. Um, and he was pulling, like he was pulling some of the most, I knew, I knew stuff looked hacked together and it looked like, you know, basically pipes screwed together back in the day, but some of the stuff he was pulling out was, it looked straight up dangerous. Like, it was <laughs> yes. like wood with like C clamps holding on <laughs> CO2 tanks. And like, yes. <laughs> like brass pipes yes. for barrels. Um, so that was cool. Did, so did you get to go? Were you there at the, at the museum getting to look at all the old markers or was that somebody else you sent? So, um, yeah, I've been, I've been to a couple of those. Yeah. I've seen, you know, I've seen them, you know, I want to say I've seen them all, but I've seen a ton of those old guns. Um, yeah. From various collectors. Yeah. And they're, oh, they're incredible. And I've got a pretty good collection myself. Um, uh, some of that older stuff, man, like, oh, I don't, I'm not sure what I want. I just know that I want a classic marker. Um, cause I think like, the oldest marker I have is like a 98 custom from 2007. So I, I just, I want to own an antique. I don't know what I'll do with it, but I want to own one. It's um, cool. I, I'm going to tell you about, speaking of antiques, um, 
Lionel Atwell was one of the first players in that first game, one of the 12. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he sent me his original Nell spot last week. So I have one of the original 12 paintball guns. It's the coolest thing ever. Dude. Did they sign it? Did, did he sign? Like, please tell me that thing is marked somehow to show that it was one of the 12. Like, there's got to yeah. be. He oh. etched his initials into it the day he used it back in 81. But he also wrote a letter of authenticity for me and signed it. So. Oh, that's that's beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. so awesome. That's so awesome. Um, man, that's wild. Letter of authenticity. Um, okay. So I got we got to take a quick break from uh, me basically fanboying over old paintball stuff to um, this. Do this, some business. Yeah, I got to pay the bills, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I'm actually quite excited about. I got to pay the bills by uh, opening a box. Uh, I wish all my jobs were this this exciting, <laughs> this easy. So, um, so I'm I'm very excited. Edge of my seat. Edge edge your seat. Yeah. Um, what do you got? So what I've got here is very cool. Paintball, uh, Defcon paintball gear has gotten into the supply drop business or the loot box business. So these guys uh, are, it's a Canadian company, defconpaintballgear.com. Um, and they're, they're a fantastic company. So they sent me this box. There is currently four in existence. There's two other, two other uh, media creators uh, have a box as well, but I'm the first one to open it on the air. Yeah. So first of all, the box looks amazing. I just wanted to let everyone know that I think the box looks um, absolutely amazing. Christopher Struck, what did you pick for your options on the box? I did not pick any options because it's a sponsorship deal. I don't get to pick what's in the box. I just get sent the box. <laughs> so uh, pros and cons. Open in the box. Yeah, uh, okay, first of all, what do we got? What do we got? We've got all sorts of cool shit. We got, so this box is definitely more MagFed oriented. Um, you can pick between MagFed or regular paintball uh, when you when you sign up for this uh, at defconpaintballgear.com. They'll ask. So I got some first strike stickers. First of all, let's get through the stickers. There's three American flag stickers on this sheet, and I don't care because um, the rest of them, there's like 16 stickers on here, I think. Yeah, this I've seen this sheet before, and stickers are great. I don't know where I'm gonna put them though. I gotta find that out. I'm terrible. I've got stickers, but I don't really have anywhere to put them. Um, I'll probably put them on my helmet. I've got a, a skateboarding helmet. I'll probably put them on. And they're not cheap stickers either. These are like those vinyl stickers, like the plasticky ones. So when when they send good quality stickers, is usually a good sign of what else is to come. Second. So I keep hitting the microphone. I'm trying not to, but it's going to happen. Defcon paintball gear, custom exalt uh, microfiber cloth. So that's cool. Let's open it up. All the noises. So it's not it's not huge, but its size doesn't matter, right? Please, somebody agree with me. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so it's, it's custom printed Defcon paintball gear. Uh, and it's, it's like double stitch. This thing is tough as nails. It's got your classic, uh, exalt green microfiber on the back. And, uh, I mean, this it's, it's a microfiber cloth, but it's a Defcon paintball gear microfiber cloth. So this is the one I won't be lending to people at the field. I'll lend them the ugly ass orange one that's currently sitting with my networking equipment for some reason. So 
What else we got? We've got the one thing I always lose on the paintball field, the barrel sleeve. So this is a first strike barrel sleeve, which is nice because it'll match my, T, my first strike T15. Um, great color. I don't know what to call that, though. It's like a brownish, greenish, olive drab color. It says first strike on it. Um, I'm digging that. That's cool. I'm terrible for losing these. So maybe now that I have like one that matches my gear, I'll be way more careful to keep it. Let's go with that. That's a good theory. I'm going to roll with that. So, so we got, the, that's fun. Carrying on more stickers, all the stickers. And I can't get them out of the box. There we go. So we got Magfig gear. I don't know where that sticker comes from. I've never like Magfig gear. I don't know. I've never seen that one before. And then we got Defcon. Defcon paintball. They're die cut too. That's really cool. I don't know if people if, if you don't know much about stickers, getting a die cut sticker is kind of expensive compared to a regular sticker. So shout out to that. That's a really nice high quality sticker. That's <laughs> there's I'm gonna go see if there's like podcasts about stickers. There's probably something. Uh, Nigel Quant, yes, Dark Earth. That's what this is called. This is called Dark Earth. That's the color of the, the barrel sleeve. Exalt camera uh, eyeglass case. These are great. I now own three of these. Um, I have two pairs of sunglasses, and I have a th- technically I have three. But one of them I don't really wear. But the third case, they're great for just like holding odds and ends, like little bits, little bits and pieces. If you don't want to lose them in your gear bag. But for your sunglasses, it's a rigid, lightweight case, uh, black and green, which is really nice. Heavy-duty zipper on it. The carabiner is actually not cheap either, which is surprising because it's such a small carabiner. You'd think they'd pick a really cheap dollar store one, but it's not. Um, Green microfiber, again, that exalt green microfiber on the inside protects whatever you're putting in there. And uh, they're just great to have. You throw whatever you need in there that you don't want to get scratched up, whip it into your gear bag, and you don't have to forget about or don't have to worry about it. First strikes. So this is cool. These are and these are colors I've never seen before, which is really neat. So okay, we got our classic yellow first strike. Also, this is like the most adorable tub of paintballs I've ever seen. Um so we've got our classic yellow uh, first strike, which looks a little blown out on my camera, but you guys all know what the classic yellow looks like. Um, got the classic pink. I think pink's one of the classic colors. But uh, yeah, pink first strike. Oh no, oh, I dropped the first strike. That's like $4. Um, <laughs> turquoise, a turquoise first strike. I've never seen turquoise before. That's really cool. I really like that color. Like, you'd be able to see that flying forever. If you shoot that and you track it, you see it go forever. And then this beautiful, vibrant, like, red. Red? Red? Yeah, it's like a reddish pink. It's like a dark, dark pink, but like a red. So, uh, it's like Christmas candy, according to Nigel. He's not wrong. Uh, it comes in this cute little tub. Of uh, You know, so that's, there's an idea. And that, that's it. That's everything that's in the box. So, quick recap. We got some, we got a sheet full of stickers. We got two spare stickers barrel sleeve microfiber cloth and an exalt uh eyewear glass and first strikes which i'm gonna get this off the ground before i forget about it and i'll either step on it or the cat will put it in the bedroom one of the two um sorry garner garner from defcon paintball gears in the chat just schooling me on the colors apparently this is mint my bad it's not turquoise it's mint 
Uh, and and this is fire red, is what I've been told. I've been corrected by the man himself. So, <laughs> either way, this whole thing is awesome. The box is awesome. Like that, how cool is it to see something like this show up on your doorstep? Like, and it says supply drop on it. So that's cool. Uh, so you can head over to defconpaintballgear.com. Uh, it's and you could sign up if you use the code Maritimes M A R I T I M E S Maritimes. Uh, you could get yourself ten percent off. Yeah, and they're fifty four ninety five. You're guaranteed to get sixty dollars worth of paintball gear. And for the record, anyone counting at home, that's a what? It's a barrel barrel cover, custom uh, exalt uh, exalt microfiber cloth exalt. Camera, or I keep calling it a camera case, eyeglass case, and a bunch of first strikes. I forget how many. Um, a lot. There's a lot of first strikes here. There's a good amount. I'd say like 50, 40, 45, something, 40 or 50 first strikes in this little container here. So 54, 54.95 a month. And you can cancel anytime you want. I love loot boxes. I love just getting stuff. There's 40 in this. I've been corrected again by Garner. There are 40 first strikes in this case. Um, I love getting stuff. I love... I'm that kid. I'm 30. But I'm that kid who, like, I order stuff on, on like, Amazon. And then I'm immediately checking the tracking number. Even though it, I ordered it 10 seconds ago. Like, I'm that guy. Um, so I love getting stuff like this. This is awesome. I'm going to use all of this. Everything in this box is usable for me. The stickers I'm going to use. The microfiber cloth I will use. Even the eyeglass case that I now have three of, I can still use it. It's a protective case. And for some reason, a lot of stuff in paintball needs to be protected because it scratches, even though it's in the world of paintball. Uh, the first strikes are going to be fun as hell to shoot. Probably going to go shoot those, uh, I don't know, maybe this weekend. I might go do that. So highly recommend... I have to say, I highly, highly recommend this. I didn't get to pick anything in this box either. This was just sent to me. Um, so head on over to defconpaintballgear.com. Look for the subscription box, the monthly subscription box or the supply drop there. Use code Maritimes. Save yourself 10%. Also, that Maritimes code works anywhere on Defcon Paintball Gear's website. So save yourself 10% and and get some cool paintball gear. It's Get it shipped to you uh, and get some cool odds and ends. And you never know what's going to be in it, which is kind of badass. You, you'll get stuff you didn't even know you needed until it shows up. Right? So it's a good deal. Uh, Ponage, it's a good deal for a surprise. It is a good deal for a surprise. It's like Christmas every month because you don't know what's coming. I don't know. That's the best way I can put it. It's like Christmas every month. You get cool stuff. Um, if <laughs> Christopher struck, if this wind buggers off, I'm going to hit my target range. Um and a car- Garner in the chat here dropping comments here, like, just out of the blue. We're shipping this month's early, so get on it now. You need to go there now. You need to go order it now. Right now. I don't even care if you stop watching the podcast to go do it. Go do it right now. Um, some boxes are already out. He's already shipped some boxes. And I only got this. Technically, we only announced it today. That's how fast it's happening. So, keep an eye out for that. I'm going to be doing these monthly. Um... I'll put up a review video, a proper review video, uh, tomorrow on YouTube. You can check that out. It'll be, uh, it'll be on YouTube for you guys to watch. 
in case you didn't see this. And uh, but yeah, so that's DefconPaintballGear.com subscription box supply drop. Use the code Maritimes with an S. By the way, Maritimes is plural. Maritimes. So that's now that we've done Defcon. Quick shout out to PB Swag Bag, who's another supply, uh, another uh, loop bag folks that I did last week. So they're fantastic people. Um, they do. Uh, they tend to be a little more on the speedball side. So if you need some speedball gear, some rec ball gear, go check out uh, PB Swag Bag, and of course Tier One Armament and uh, Artful Dodger Beard Oil, who helps keep my beard. I keep firing water all over myself. Keeps my beard in shape. So big shout out to uh, to those folks, to those sponsors of the show. So it uh, much appreciated. Helps me keep the lights on. Literally, I got three lights. I got a power, and those people help me keep them on. Now back to the far more interesting man of the podcast, John. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what was? I sorry, I had a question while I was doing this. It just sort of popped into my head. We didn't chat about. We were talking about you were chatting with some cool people doing some cool stuff in the '80s. Did you learn anything new that was really wild that you thought was really cool, or were you already like super knowledgeable about everything before you went in? So like early, early stuff. Um, yeah, here's a kind of a cool story for nerds that, of history. Um, about 15 years ago, there was um, a sign that was going to be erected where the first paintball game was ever played. Um, someone found the spot. They found the Sports Illustrated article from the first game and they saw a boulder and they said, that's the spot where the first game was played. Um, and so they so they went to the town of Panicker, New Hampshire and they talked about getting a sign made. It was gonna cost $10,000. And this person uh, tried to raise the money in the paintball industry, couldn't do it and the sign never went up. So I was in Henniker, New Hampshire, Hampshire um, meeting with some of the original guys and one of the guys that I had met um, previously was the person who arranged the field for the very first game. And he told me that's not the right place. So there would have been a sign erected, a historic marker erected for the first game of paintball I ever played in the wrong place. <laughs> so I actually got to walk the field where the first game was played. So I pulled out the Sports Illustrated article with the pictures and I found each spot. No um, way. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh um, man. Yeah. So I got to find the actual place where they, where the original flag station was and you know, where you had to go when you shot, you know, when you, when you were shot out. And so it was just kind of cool. Like it felt historic, you know, to walk around on that property. So yeah, that was, wow. that was one of the early cool things. That would be what, so I would, I would have thought it would have either been like completely overgrown to the point where you'd never know what you were looking at or, or like developed by now. Cause that's what 30 years. Right. Um, so is somebody yeah, outside named... that town of Henniker? Henniker's like a historic town in New Hampshire. And outside of the town, there's nothing but hills and, and woods. And um, so you're almost right. The property was actually part of the college, the local college in the town um, that they used. And so they kept it clean and, and neat. And they eventually turned it into a Frisbee golf course, which is what it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. the first the place where the first game of paintball played got turned into frisbee golf so i had the actual map you know every player that played the game that first was game given a hand-drawn map. map right so i got a copy of that map and i was walking the fields and i'm like i see the elevations and i see the the river where it is and with a little creek bed and so it's really cool to just like you know put myself back in that's you know, 1981 awesome. 
Uh, Roger, Roger refuse in the, in the chat there. He's he's like, it'd be really cool to visit the Mecca of paintball. And I'm just picturing this pilgrimage of people in like speedball pants. I don't know why, but like, like, (laughs) like shuffling into, in, into, into what will essentially become the Mecca of paintball. That is cool to play a game on that property again, wouldn't it? It would be, but I'd be terrified of what one single asshat would do. Right. You know what I mean? Like there would always be that right. one that one sure. jerk yeah. who would uh who would do something stupid. Like I'd be terrified of that. Yeah. But it would be cool. What would be really cool is get as many people from the original twelve as you can and see if they could still play. Right. That would be neat. Yeah, that'd be very cool. But they have yeah. to use the original Nelson uh markers and they've got to use the original uh splash goggles and oil based paint <laughs> right and oil yeah i want i want it all original og stuff i don't none of this full face mask stuff like <laughs> they lose a tooth they lose a tooth it's um, those guys were taking their goggles off during that first game yeah, walking that, yeah. around <laughs> well yeah because it was like fogging up on them wasn't it like it was mm-hmm. yeah so there's just I can't see shit take the goggles off i get shot in the face whatever like they're just like <laughs> And they were telling me stories. Some of the guys from the oh first God. game were telling me stories like they were out there shooting each other and a guy ran out of CO2. So he walked up to him and he gave him a CO2 cartridge and they're taking the goggles off and they're talking and then they just go their own separate way and start the game over again. Yeah, it was different. That's nuts, man. That's nuts. Um, so <laughs> that's super cool. So does anybody, does the town sort of recognize that that paintball started there or is it just sort of like they're like, yeah, it happened. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I spent about, I went there three different times. So I spent about three, three weeks, two, three weeks there. Um, so I met the historical society people and they knew. Um, the town hall people knew, but nobody in the town seemed to know. Like I would talk to people like, did you know the first ever game of paintball was played here? And like, I lived here for 20 years and I never heard that story. So yeah, don't know why. Weird. Yeah. And it's not like they tried to keep it a secret. They tried to get the governor's wife to play. Like, that was like, a different state, though. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah. But like, yeah. it wasn't. Right. It wasn't this small hush hush thing. It was right. They made a big spectacle of the whole thing. Like th- these aren't these aren't subtle people. That's so weird. I wonder if it's just like a lot of the people who knew about it just sort of like moved away. Probably. And they just you know they're spread out and and then, yeah. Um, is there a paintball field there? Like a proper legitimate one. There is one about seven or eight miles away. Okay. It's called cool. Ware. Yeah, where it's in Ware, New Hampshire, I believe, which is just, you know, next town over, I believe. Yeah. And they've been there since, uh, I think it's Kenobi Paintball. They've been there since 1983. Okay, cool. Okay. So they saw it happen, and then, like, two years yeah. later, they were like, we can do yeah. that. Um, exactly. That's, sorry, I'm just trying to wrap my head around the fact that there's a town only, like, seven miles away. Where I live, towns don't get that close to each other. <laughs> right. Like, to go to the next town from Fredericton, I have to go down the highway, like, for, what, I don't know, 15 kilometers to get, like, wow. it's like, there's, yeah, nothing is close. There's no walking distance in Canada. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everything is driving distance. Um, that's wild, man. That's so cool. So you you flew all over the country and parts of the world to get these interviews with these with these people, and then you sat down and edited it all together. Um, so wait, when you when you started on this, you started with a book. When you went on to the documentary, 
did you was it sort of just like flying by the seat of your pants did you have a plan or was it just like i'm gonna interview a bunch of people and i'm gonna figure it out as i go um yeah no we did a storyboard you know like you would do for a film mm-hmm. um so we you know we outlined about a hundred things that happened in paintball that were sort of created the game over the years and so we had that outline and then within that outline we knew we needed to ask you know questions of each you know person that was involved in any one of those moments right so like the first game played, the second game played, the first tournament, the first company, the first team, you know, that kind of thing. So we made this, you know, this storyboard and then we interviewed people just sort of by, you know, flying by the seat of our pants and then kind of fit all those interviews into those spots. And it wasn't easy. I mean, it was like, we, we did the whole film and like two weeks before we went live, you know, we launched a film, we, we had to rearrange some things because it just didn't flow right. Um, okay. Because, you know, when you watch the whole thing put together, because you do it in segments, like each, yep. um, there's like 103 two-minute segments or whatever, right? So um, when you watch those on their own, they look great. But when you put them all together, you're like, wait a minute, we were just talking about scenario games. Now we're talking about, you know, the It's PSD a little all over the place. Like a little yeah, bit. so we had to sort of reorganize some things. and But for the most part, we did stick to the storyboard because we'd worked about six months on that alone. Yeah. Um, just to sort of, you know, we didn't want to be just, you know, kind of guessing because... Again, this is our first major film too, so um, a learning curve. It seemed like a hell of an undertaking, man. I was watching it and just thinking, like, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Like, <laughs> I I wouldn't have a freaking clue. Um, that's awesome. So, when you, how did you decide when into what it what would go into the storyboard? Like, did you have to cut a bunch of ideas? Because I mean, so, yeah, really good question. Um, we did cut eight things out of the storyboard just because we didn't have the time. Yeah. Those eight things will all be in the director's cut. Um, in the six so, hour edition, <laughs> six hour edition, three, two hour DVDs. <laughs> um, so yeah. So, you know, essentially um, I created a, a storyline for that magazine that I said uh, in 2005, we did a full magazine issue on the history of the game. So we created the timeline way back then, but of course that was, you know, 15 years ago. So we had to sort of add on to that timeline. They're but, missing about yeah. 15 years. <laughs> yeah. So the amount of work though that went into just, you know, figuring out all the influential key moments in the game's history, um, you don't want to miss anything big, right? Or you don't want to give too much space to something that was only a big deal to a few people. Um, I literally had a guy call me and said, are you covering my, my squeegee that I invented in 1989? I'm like, no. It's a squeegee. <laughs> That's not historic. <laughs> Sorry to break like, your heart there, buddy. <laughs> like the like he was like, I the cotton swab on a stick kind of squeegee? Like is that it was on a plastic string. It was it was a nice squeegee. <laughs> but it was a squeegee. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I um, can see yes, why you cut it. Like I've got nothing. <laughs> I can't even defend it's a squeegee, bro. It's I'm pretty sure the automotive industry has had that for a hundred years. Um yes. So, <laughs> that's great please okay tell okay so okay you had to cut the squeegee because there was just no time for it um well the squeegee wasn't going to make it regardless but go on <laughs> um so what what was the hardest thing to cut though like what was what was the one thing that you were like man i don't wanna but i gotta yeah some of the legal stuff that happened behind the scenes um you know with lawsuits and with who had what product first some of that stuff was i mean we did cover some of the, the really important ones but there were a couple yep. in there that were really interesting um that would have made for a good story um but we just you know we could just couldn't fit them in so they'll be in the next one but 
Um, that was probably, those, those are probably the toughest ones. Those kind of behind the scenes things that, you know, are of interest to like history geeks and nerds, but maybe not to everybody else. Yeah. Cause you touched on a lot, like on the really important legal points. Yeah. Um, like when, oh my God, I'm terrible with names. I can picture her face. Um, and she just tears a strip off of like everybody who's telling her, trying to tell her that paintball is dangerous. Oh yeah. Yeah. Deborah. Deborah. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And she's just, yeah. oh my God. Like when I seen she come on and she just ripped them to shreds. Yeah. And she looked like she she's was going to throw a chair. Like she looked like she got angry. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> I've been Deborah for a long time and you do not want to get in a fight with her. I've, I can tell from the looks of it. Especially when like the, 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 what were they? Psychiatrists or they were supposed to yeah. be psychiatrists. And they were just like, this is obviously a way for murderers to get off. And she's like, you're right. full of shit. Like, she just like, gets off on them. Right. Um, that was, honestly, it was probably one of my favorite parts of the film. Just watching them tear people apart. Um, and we do have more of that and more of those clips from yeah. courts and, and TV shows right. and stuff coming in the next um, one. Yeah. That's super cool. And, and, and the judge, what part, the, again, terrible names. But when the judge wanted to see it, and he did, like he, it was really great to hear that a judge was like, "You can't just talk about it. I need right. to see it." And then you shoot at a target, and he's like, "Well, that's you don't shoot at paper, now do you? I need to see it hit a person." Right. Um, that's cool. I was I, that really impressed me that there was at least some lawyer or some judge out there was just like, "Maybe we'll give this a legitimate chance." Uh, yeah, I mean, paintball was legal in forty nine states, but not New Jersey. It was such a weird thing, and and they New fought Jersey's it tooth weird, and man. nail. Yeah, it's just weird. So there's, I feel like it's just. You know, there was some lawmaker was just not good at it so that he was going to just get it banned from his state. That's probably all it was. Right. You know, Uh, (laughs) he got shot out in his first game. He was just (laughs) stupid. I'm never playing this again. He played in Pennsylvania. He said, never in my state. (laughs) (laughs) This is stupid. This game's terrible. And and it happens. Oh, that's. Oh, man. So what. um, Okay, so you had to cut a bunch of stuff, which is going to be in, in the extended, uh, extended cut, um, at which I'm excited for. Actually, I want to know, like, do you have the numbers? Do you happen to know how many times it was streamed? Because I know. Oh, yeah. Guys... Yeah. Yeah. It's about 6,000 so far. <sighs> so yeah, pretty, it's pretty decent number. So yeah, 6,000 streams of a three hour documentary. It's pretty good. Like yeah. it's not, it's not, you know, I guess when you compare it to like YouTube's numbers, it's like, well, so-and-so has one point something million views. It's like, well, so-and-so's sure. video is six minutes long. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, at some, if, if we release this for free, you know, it would have 5 million views in a month, you know, it's that, that kind of interest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, <clears throat> something I wanted to touch on there was the fact that when you guys released it, there was a price and then it was to stream it. I didn't hear any complaints. Right. Nobody, I didn't hear anybody say, well, this is stupid. Why do I have to pay for it? It was, it was very much a, it's out. And a lot of people were just, you know, a couple of hours later, there was comments coming in of like, this documentary was great. I watched it. It was awesome. You need to go watch this. Like, uh, it was really great to see that. Like, I was just great to see that there's people out there who are willing to pay for good content. Yeah, I'm one I was, of them. I have, you know. well, thank you. Um, I was, I, to be honest, I was surprised too. Um, I thought we'd have, you know, a small percentage of people would complain, but we really, we had one person complain and he said, you know, you just don't understand. You should release it on YouTube and, you know, let the, the paintball industry players don't have money and you should release it free. And I said, look, 
that the same we'll dude invented the squeegee? Pull ten dollars out of your pocket and su- support something original, or don't complain that the game isn't growing, right? And he basically said, "Yeah, you're right. You win." Right. Yeah, so. it's we get the same. Ghost Sports, I think, has the same issue yeah. where a lot of people are like, "Why should I pay for this?" I'm like, "Look, you keep right. saying you want paintball on TV. You right. pay for cable, pay for Ghost Sports." So you know, I worked for Ghost Sports for a year and a half. I did not that, know that. Yeah, and that production, I partnered with them. I'll say it that way. Um, that production is incredible, and the amount of money and effort and energy and time that goes into that three-day production on a, a tournament weekend is unbelievable. I mean, it's I indescribable. Know. We had we had paintball on like public access TV here in Fredericton um, for like six seconds. And it was like one stationary camera mm-hmm. overlooked the field, I think, from um, from one side. And, and it didn't look good. It didn't look good. And then Ghost Sports comes out, and they're like, oh, we got, like, cameras on wires. We got drones. We got, like, six dudes running around with wireless cameras. We got pretty girls with microphones interviewing people. And I was just like, this is – this is why is this not on ESPN? They got right. – they got like what was it cornhole and hacky sack on ESPN, yeah. but we can't get paintball on ESPN. So, um, but yeah, anyways, paintball's a hard game to show live, right? It's that hard is to, very true. Yeah, and they do a great job with it. They do. You need to be on the ball like quick because yeah. there's so much happens so fast. Um, yeah. That yeah, you really need a lot of cameras and you need like people pushing all sorts of buttons. I need to get somebody from Ghost Sports on the show to talk about. That's what that's that's a to do thing. Yeah, they're they are, and they're an amazing company. They really are. Awesome, dude. So I had a thought and I lost it. It's gone. Oh well, we'll figure out another one. Um, with uh, with the production when you were doing when you were interviewing people, it was. <laughs> it seemed like a couple of them would sometimes go on a little bit of a tangent. And then they'd come back. So right. I've experienced that on the podcast before, especially with myself. I go on tangents. <laughs> um, most epic. No, I'm just kidding. I'll, so did you do any like wrangling or were these like, did you happen to have like really focused people? Like if anyone wanted to go out and do interviews, do they need to be prepared for that kind of thing? So I purposely didn't allow them to pre- prepare. I just thought it would be more, um, ah. yeah, I wanted to feel authentic, you know? Okay. Um, so you just sat him in a chair and said, start talking. But I'll give you this one. There was one guy that said, hey, in, in 1994, we came out with this product, blah, 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 blah. And I said, stop, time out. Do that whole thing again, but say 1989 this time. Like he didn't even know what year his own product came out. Nice. <laughs> so I did a lot of, cor- so like I'm, I'm the history geek, right? So I know the dates of almost everything. So I had to correct a lot of people on their dates. So that was kind of the only thing where I would like <laughs> stop and do a redo. That's was awesome. on dates. But just otherwise dates. I just let them let them talk okay cool so you just let them ramble let things happen yeah that's cool that's a good way to do it i enjoy that like i said i enjoyed the documentary so some of the best stuff you know some of the best like 10 second snippets um came out of the rambling you know people just go on a tangent and tell a story and then they'll touch on something that was in our timeline but we hadn't gotten any you know any verbiage on it yet you know they just touch on something like wow that's great um so yeah just let them talk and they they would eventually Everybody will give you something good if you just let them go. Awesome, man. Awesome. So with the uh, – you mentioned you had, like, a couple other small ones in the works. Mm-hmm. Uh, any, like, any idea when we'll see those? Yes. Uh, good question. So the, the big one is the director's cut. That's September 1st. 
Yep. Uh, November 1st, you'll see the first mini documentary. And those will be, we're going to do um, 12 of those over a two year period and they'll be 45 minutes to an hour each. Okay, cool. So they're, they're actually legitimate, like little mini documentaries. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. One would be the uh, sniper incident. That's going to be one of those. And another one will be the second game ever played. Cause everybody knows about the first game now. Yep. Some cool stuff happened in the second game. That's yeah. You guys touched on it lightly. Mm-hmm. Like you yes. touched, you talked a little bit about it and you could we definitely did. tell that the second game had a bit more, um, 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 spectator energy to it yeah like it seemed like more people like it wasn't just the people involved in it everyone else seemed to be a little more excited about it so i that's cool i want to hear about that that sounds really neat the sniper incident is going to be interesting i feel like it's going to break the yeah that one's going to break the records (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. as soon as you start talking about the sniper incident i I feel like you're going to get um man that's going to go that that'll either be like a ton of people who don't know about it are going to freak out a ton of people who know about it are just going to laugh because they know about it. And then I feel like you're going to get a good amount of people who are just going to be like, this is bullshit. You're telling the story wrong or something. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's going to, he's innocent. It's like, we got it on film. <laughs> <laughs> Two things I have in my favor. I was on the field when it happened. So I saw the whole thing. And then I've interviewed like seven or eight of the 12 people or 20, 15, 20 people that were involved. So yeah, I think we've got some good stuff on that. We still have a couple interviews to do on that. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, so the... I'm I'm not gonna lie. It's kind of like it's like the, that guilty pleasure of like I kind of want to see the documentary on the sniper incident. Yeah. That's gonna be fun. I'm excited yeah. for that. That's gonna be great. And, uh, and we have a documentary, mini documentary coming on the. Um, I think the the title for this one is called um, um, "Misunderstood." It's about how early in the game, you know, corporations were trying to get the game shut down, and governments were trying to get this, you know planning commissions wouldn't allow fields to open. And so that's, it's, it's a kind of different kind of vibe to it, but that's going to be a cool one too. That'll show the, the, well, I guess some people would think the legal side of it's kind of boring, but it'll at least show what had to be dealt with. Right. You know? Cause like, yeah. Cause you got governments to brand new sport and you got governments being like, you shoot people. You can't right. have this sport. This is, this is un-American. Hey, you yeah. know, like, so that's going to be cool. Man, you got some really cool stuff in the pipeline. I am pumped for that. I'm super excited to hear about all that. Yeah, um, we're really excited. I mean, this sort of, you know, we stumbled into this because, you know, history has been my thing for, you know, painful history since I started playing in 1985. I knew that, you know, keeping track of all the things that happened, dates and statistics and notes and photos, I knew at some point in my life I was going to do something with them. And, you know, this sort of, this documentary is just kind of spurred us on to, you know, create really a, a media, a, a video media side to our company. So we're excited. I'm excited, man. I'm glad to see it growing. I'm glad to see something like this happening and existing and being made by what is essentially an unbiased media company. It's not. Thanks. You know, Thanks. it's, it's, it's nice to see that it's not like die talking about how amazing die was for the, for the industry. Right. They did some cool stuff, but you know, like, <laughs> Um, right, right. How are the how are the how are the mini documentaries going to be released? Same way, Vimeo and and paid. Those will all be on Vimeo. So if cool. you if you you know you join the Vimeo thing for seven ninety nine a month, you'll get all the mini docu- documentaries included in that. So I believe when we release that first one, Vimeo is going to get a pretty big bump because that first one's probably well. I'm not sure what the first one's going to be. We're not I haven't decided that yet. But yeah, that's that's where they're going to be released. 
it all sounds interesting anyways. I'm excited for all of it. Like it's, it's really is. I think it's something a lot of people need to watch. There's a lot of people who play paintball and they don't know anything, but they're itty bitty little tiny sliver of paintball. Like, right. um, I've got, and, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the older guys that played in the eighties, I mean, even some guys played in the nineties, um, you know, a lot of them are no longer with us. Right. So yep. that's kind of, that accelerated us a little bit now. And, you know, when Bob Guernsey died, one of the founders of the game, Yep. you know, I, my wife was my, my business partner. I just, we looked at each other and said, now's the time let's do this film. You know, yep. we, we can't lose another, you know, key figure before we get this on tape. Right. So, yeah. 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 That was, yeah. When he died, I, I was just starting to really pay attention. Oh, what is that sound? <laughs> There we go. Killed that. Um, sorry, somebody tried to call me on Facebook and it just like nearly made me go down. Uh, um, on your Facebook page. Yeah, it's just, it was loud too. But yeah, when he when yeah when he passed away, I was still kind of like figuring it out. But I knew when he went, it was just like okay, whoa. Yeah. It it like time to learn about everything I can uh, because there's not going to be people to learn from. And you know that that first game, those twelve players that played in that first game, the youngest one is now seventy six. So oh, they're yeah, they're not young. So I wanted to make sure I got those guys all interviewed before you know we lose another one. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Well, man, it's been an absolute blast chatting to you. I've learned here. a lot. I've learned that apparently people who have been squeegees think that they're they deserve to be indicted. Sorry, that's just the funniest shit ever. You're going to talk about my squeegee. No, I'm not going to talk about your damn squeegee. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to talk about the, we're going to talk about the towel dude as well. Like it's (laughs) yeah. So, um, man. Yeah. Thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, I know it was a bit of a struggle for us to try and figure out the schedule and get everything to work out. So no worries. Anytime. And, uh, and I appreciate you dealing with me paying the bills with, (laughs) I appreciate Uh, what you do. I, you know, it's, this is a good thing what you do. I mean, it's good to get people, um, you know, particularly, you know, some of the lesser known people in the game, mm-hmm. you know, get them out and talking about what they do and their products and their history. And it's just good to learn about, you know, what for me, history geek, you know, the more I can hear this, the better. So. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that you appreciate me. The fact that it's coming <laughs> from somebody like you is kind of like, Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> like I gotta, I gotta, I don't know. I gotta upgrade something now. I feel like I need to do better, do more. Um, <laughs> Got to pull my socks up, get a, get a calendar. I need to yeah, <laughs> get all that going. So, um, yeah. So people can keep an eye out on, on, I'm guessing like you'll announce in the, in at some point in the near future when those small documentaries go out. And, um, so we, it, just to, before we get roll, um, we have a complete history of paintball Facebook group. So if you just, go, you know, Facebook search that, just join that group. That's where we announce everything. Perfect. Cause I'm there. I'll get all the info and then I'll share it. And then more people will share it and we'll make sure the whole world knows about it. And if you have not gone and watched that documentary yet, please odds are you're in lockdown. Anyways, go watch it. (laughs) You've got three hours. Um, Christopher struck. What was the big announcement? What was the big announcement? Chris, you've confused me, bud. you're going to have to explain (laughs) yourself. Um, so where was I going with that? I, oh my god! I've completely derailed my train of thought. It's gone. Um, That's what an hour of talking will do to you. I guess. It's, yeah, it's just the brain turned to mush there for a second. Um, cool. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're in lockdown. You got three hours. Go watch the damn documentary. Break it up into two parts if you have to. If you if you if you can't sit through it, I had to do that with long like Lord of the Rings. So I get it. Um, 
so that's it uh again thank you so much for coming on i'm i'm falling apart here all of a sudden everything is just really my, apart my, my pleasure i appreciate it bro thank you so yeah uh thank you so much and and Please, folks, if you I'm sure you already have, but go check out Paintball Media. They do some amazing stuff. Uh they they do a printed magazine. Like, come on. Get on that. I need to order one, by the way. Monthly um, digital magazine. So Oh, Christopher Structure, you posted the other day you had a big announcement. I did. It's this thing. The big box that I opened live on the air. That was the big announcement. This is the first DEFCON paintball gear loot box to be opened on the air. That was your big announcement. You should feel lucky. That you were there for it. <laughs> uh, that's it. We're out of here. Thank you for everyone who stuck around commenting and sharing and 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 doing all that stuff. I I truly appreciate it. Um, and uh, and yeah. So that's it. I'm out of here. So I don't know what's gonna happen next week. We'll figure it out. But that's it. Thanks again, John, for coming on. It was an absolute blast. And uh, folks, until next week. Cheers. <laughs>